Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I'm Gumshoe Tom. We are Team Vinge. We are here to talk about The After Party, Season 2, Episode 7, which is called Ulysses. Tom, did you have fun during this episode? <laughs> I don't know. Based on the way you just asked that, I want to ask you first. Did you have fun? I could not get a read, and I know we're diving into this very early. People don't even know who we are. I mean, we haven't even given our bios, but uh, I am a mediocre podcaster. Tom is my guest, and my thoughts on this episode were I couldn't get a beat on what movie they were doing. Like, I understand if it was like a Oscar bait, like awards serious movie, but I mm-hmm. didn't know which ones I was supposed to relate it to. And I feel like when it's that broad, it takes away the comedy of it. For instance, the Wes Anderson, that's real specific. Like you've mm-hmm. seen a Wes Anderson movie, the beats are funny. This one, like there was a couple of things, but if you had told me this was just like a spoof movie, I don't know. I, I didn't find the humor and part of it was because I couldn't put my finger on the pulse of what type of movie they were doing. Does that make sense? Was I way off? No, I think it does. When they're more specific in like the genre, like that 90s thriller thing we got from Danner, I think that was fun. The heist movie we got was a lot more fun. When it is a little bit more generic, because I was with you, we were trying to figure out very early on, my wife and I, yeah, is it war movie? Is it like dance movie, like step up style where they're just like competitive dance, but it was too like dramatic so yeah, I don't, I don't know, and I just, I love John Cho. I think he's very, very funny. Yes, and he had some funny bits here, but I just don't think they gave him enough. I, I didn't like as heavily dramatic as he was. I would have rather him being a little bit more silly and funny. Right. I was like, oh, it's like the English Patient, which is a movie I've never seen, <laughs> but I somehow <laughs> was like, oh, it's the English Patient. Like it's unrequited love. The dancing of it all, I was like, okay, are we Silver Linings Playbook, which is a movie I've seen, but have I spent a lot of time, you know? And I, at first, you're like, oh, it's a, it's a war movie, but it's the coming home war movie. It's born on the mm-hmm. 4th of July, but then it quickly deviates. I mean, he he's discharged from the USO so quickly that, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I So I enjoyed it, and I'm with you. Like, Cho is great. I think I've mentioned I was looking forward to this episode because his character is so much fun. Mm-hmm. But I I just didn't really, I don't know, because I couldn't get the genre, because I couldn't compare it to a movie, and maybe I'm just missing on this, but it was it was more broad than I wanted it to be, and, and so it threw me off a little bit. But Yeah, no, I hear you. The other thing about John Cho, that guy is 51 years old, but the guy looks like he's 30. So when he was like trying to play the potential oh, so like this father of Grace. Button. This is a Benjamin <laughs> yeah. Button situation where he's getting... <laughs> He's getting younger. I don't know. I only saw that movie once too, so now I'm now I'm confused. Sorry, he is beautiful. Yes. Well, it just I was always kind of confused about him being like a father figure to Grace or Zoe that we kind of get here because they seem to be around the same age. Like the oh, guy is, yeah. he looks very good for his age. Yes, yes, that's fair. That's fair. They didn't have to de-age him. Let's just say as he <laughs> no. went through this, he looked other than the earring. The earring. <laughs> Uh, which made me think of Rufio uh, every time they showed it. I'm sure oh, it's George other... Michael, man. Oh, is that okay? Sure, George <laughs> <That's his> Michael. Look. <laughs> yes, George Michael Bluth. That was his look. <laughs> Not that one. So, anyways, let's dive into it, Tom. I'm going to ask you to really 
focus in on the mystery of it all. I'm sure mm-hmm. that based on this episode, you've solved it. I do think yep. there was, we do get some more of um, Chang in this, mm-hmm. uh, Senor Chang. Jang, J E N G, Jang. I'm going to say Senor Jang because that's his <laughs> character from Community and it makes me feel good. So <laughs> we do get some more in here that I am very interested to hear your theories on. So let's dive into it and talk about Ulysses from the top. Did I already mention that after this character was talked about, I explained to my spouse we should have named one of our kids Ulysses and it got <laughs> shot down hard? Um, it's a bummer. But Ulysses it, oh, S. Grant Julian. Oh, that would have been incredible. Incredible. <laughs> or the other option was Julian Julian, my you know, first and last name combined. <laughs> he would have been a junior, because of course my name is Julian mm-hmm. Julian. So it's like a Mario Mario situation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. This opens up with Dutch babies. Do I need to read into Dutch babies? This is the second time Dutch babies has been brought up like prominently, Tom. Is this something that's going to make an impact in my life while solving this murder? I mean, again, I was kind of suspect on it of it kind of sus? curing. I was sus about it. Very good about it curing seemingly Travis last time around. I don't know if it was just the carbs or if he did put something in it. But now that he's feeding it to kind of everybody here and he does make mention that he uses his was it Kubis? He uses that in it to, I guess, make it extra special, which is why Anik says, oh, no, 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 I, I can't do this. I think Kumis is something else, Tom, which we're not allowed to discuss. <laughs> what is it called? I don't know, but it's some sort of fermented goat of milk something. Anyways, I thought this was funny in the beginning. Isabel's like, food? Oh, no, no food. And then Sebastian's, does it have carbs? Tons. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very good. And this leads to Anik uh, standing up to Zoe, having kind of a confrontation that the show has been heading towards as much as a confrontation other than murder. I guess murder is a confrontation. But um, (laughs) this is the conversation they have where he is uh, putting their relationship aside in order to solve this. Is that what's happening here? I mean, I guess he comes in like hot with the line, like, I can't make love to the arsonist, which she has no background for. But we as an audience know it was the reference to Danner's backstory. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's him saying, you know, we can't just be single focused here. We have to at least question and learn more about the stories, because even if you don't think your family members did it, you need to get their stories to get clues or hints about, you know, other people's whereabouts or time stuff. So it is kind of silly to to not even question folks. And then immediately here, right, she goes to her parents and says, hey, you don't have to be interviewed. And then they're, yeah, we don't want to participate. And then she's suspicious. She's like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't you? Because that makes you seem suspicious. Tom is, I don't want to make love to the arsonist, going to be a phrase that you will utter now frequently. Yeah, I mean, I got to do that before each pod to make sure I've got, you know, the, the vocal cords ready to go. Okay. Oh, it's a vocal exercise. It's not mm-hmm. a life lesson. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. I think as time goes on, you're gonna it's gonna become more of a life lesson and less of a <laughs> okay. vocal exercise for you. But my wife loves fire. <laughs> gross, gross. I don't know. Uh, let's move on. All right, I'm uncomfortable. It's warm in here. Whew, go fish, Uno. Immediately, I thought this was interesting. Funkel brings up the glass. It's almost like he was anticipating this. I guess because it would have been Sebastian before Danner's story. And so mm-hmm. he knows Sebastian would have seen him with the glass and would have brought up the glass. So he hits that very much up front, which was disarming and made me think maybe this guy's innocent. But then 
I don't know. All those dance moves. It's <laughs> tough to think a guy that murders with his hips might also not murder with poison. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't trust anybody that can dance well. Shannon no. Tatum, I don't, no, don't trust that man. That's true. That's very true. I was going to bring up historical figures that are well-known dancers like Stalin <laughs> or Abraham Lincoln, but I know that you're a big fan of Stalin. Um, you didn't trust Lincoln, but anyways, let's dive into the mind movie, Tom. We already talked about it a little bit. This this opens up like a sweeping epic of because uh, he's talking about like living many lives, and it opens up with a war movie. And I was like, oh, it would be fun if it was like a Three Kings. It would be fun if it was just like a spoof of a. I mean, they're using Kuwait, but it mm-hmm. would be fun if it was like a spoof on a Vietnam. Um, everyone knows comedy comes from Vietnam movies, so uh, but. I don't know. They once again they they quickly lose me. But we find out he was in Kuwait <laughs> as a dancer in the U.S. So <laughs> the way this is set up was just great. How it like pans back inside that like Humvee or whatever, and you see him in just these sequins USA garb. So like I almost thought that they were gonna do like a Marvel or superhero spoof kind of thing, and like make him some sort of like superhuman guy or whatever mm. because it's very reminiscent of iron man the original iron man sure and then you had captain america who was like a basically in the uso and you know trying to rally the troops kind of a deal i thought that would have been a really cool fun twist because i mean superhero movies are just absolutely everywhere and i think it'd be a fun genre to kind of make fun of and it would be in his kind of like his ego driven that he is mm-hmm. a superhero because he's constantly like telling these over the top stories. Isabel. Yes, we know you've traveled like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I, I do see the relationship certainly to the opening of the first Iron Man movie. Um, I was wondering what the level of protection those sequences, those sequins provided <laughs> because everyone else is in some form of PPE uh, and they're clearly driving in a combat zone. Uh, and so I'm assuming those sequins provided some level of ballistic uh, protection. But yeah, I think they're like dragon sa- dragon scale sequins. That's yes, that's a good point. Very good point. <laughs> I do want to call out here, like when we're talking about Ulysses' background. I mean, this episode kind of proves out that he's not a fraud, right? Like he did this dancing stuff in the beginning, but then ultimately when he goes to travel the world and everything else, like he is a world traveler. So. I was kind of confused by that, too. I thought we were going to kind of lambast him here a bit and say, like, oh, he got all this stuff from Wikipedia. But I think it's all real, right? I don't know, because let's talk witnesses. So the the dancing tour that he goes on with Vivian, they make a point of kind of making fun of it. He's going mm-hmm. to, you know... He's going to regionals, Tom. So where does he go at regionals? You, the exotic you... locales. Boise, Bismarck, Wichita, South Dakota, Topeka. Yeah, back to the Dakotas. Like, So my thought being, Vivian would have been along for that. But once he leaves there and he goes and travels all these other places, there's no witnesses from this wedding or this after party fair. that were mm-hmm. there for that other than when he's in Panagodia and who finds him. Edgar, who's dead? Mm-hmm. Edgar. Who, Edgar, yeah. Who was on the grassy knoll? Edgar. How many times <laughs> was Kennedy shot? Several. Um, I. It's been a long time since I've watched. Was this a was this a spoof of JFK? Is that is that what? <laughs> I don't. Think once so. again, I don't know. So my argument there would be, he could still be BSing all this other stuff. 
I agree mm-hmm. with you. Part of me, by the end of it, was like, oh, he's not a fraud. But really, he could have made up all the international stuff, you know, because Edgar's dead. So we don't know if he met him in Panagonia. Edgar yeah, might have met sure. him in the back alley at an airport, you know, <laughs> giving out hot dogs, I think they call it. Um <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. No, that's so. a good point. I mean, we had that a lot in the first season where, you know, everybody giving their mind movie, they're unreliable narrators. They're putting themselves in the best light. So I guess that's a fair point. I just thought we would get, I don't know, Danner or Anik asking the probing questions that kind of calls them out a little bit. Because Danner is suspect in the beginning. She's the one that says like, oh, do you know that because you saw an article on Wikipedia or have you actually been there or whatever? So Sure, sure. But I... Yeah, I don't know where I land. I don't know where I land. Honestly, I just came up with all of that once you asked that question because <laughs> I came out of this episode being like, oh, it's not Funkel because he was traveling and like he did this for, he wanted to be there for Grace and uh, loves Vivian and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the earring, Tom. You've got, <laughs> you've got days. You've got, you did a ton of research. I'm looking at the outline. Three pages on the earring. What, what would you like to, uh, what would you like to discuss on the earring? Wham, man. That earring is just, it's something. It's a choice. And I like how he doesn't just like wearing it in a scene. I think he has it like for the entirety of all this mind movie and backstory. So very reminiscent of uh, George Michael. From what I can see, it just looks like a lowercase t. Do you, do you know what it means? Um, well, I was confused. You just said wham, and I was like, it's not a W. So I'm assuming, is wham an expression? You're like, wham, that earring's cool. I, I don't. <laughs> that's, that's George Michael's band, wham. I'm unfamiliar. I'm oh, unfamiliar. you're the worst. Did they cover any hymns? Because unless they covered <laughs> hymns, Tom, I probably missed them. Uh, also, I'm a child of, we'll just say somewhere between the 60s and the 90s. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyways... He's got some, I guess, PTSD from the USO tour. Haunted past. I feel like someone from Arrested Development writes on this show as well, because being in the USO is a buster thing. So uh, (laughs) thank you, show. But anyways, turns this into the only way he can conquer it is competitive ballroom dancing, in which Mm -hmm. he becomes partners with Vivian, who is Grace's mother, and they travel, I don't know, the northern Midwest? I don't know how you would <laughs> yeah. describe. I also thought when it flashed regionals, I also thought of the community episode where they join chorus or whatever, and that they're always mm-hmm. talking about regionals and semi-regionals <laughs> and all that. Anyways, they end up in Tampa, Tom. Tampa, you mm-hmm. have always said, is your favorite town in the U.S. of A. So go ahead. Floor is yours. Talk to us yeah. about Tampa. It's my favorite of the Ampas. Uh, they <laughs> no, I don't want to laugh. No, oh, good for you. But yeah, so they are getting kind of prepped for it. They have this little scene at the beach, which I thought this is probably one of my favorite lines from the episode, where um, she's kind of te- or telling him like, "Hey, we have to do this this fancy jump lift or whatever." He's like, "Sure, no, There's we can't. We can't do that." Lift. Yep, yep. She's like, "Yeah, Triple we're gonna X. do it right here on the beach." He's like, "Dance here on the beach like the seagulls do." So good. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. What? Once again, the both Vivian and forgive me, I don't know the actress's name, but John Cho, like, I don't know. They're doing great work here. I wish mm-hmm. there was just something different that I would have enjoyed more. But they dance on the beach like seagulls do, and this leads to an <laughs> extremely romantic kiss. 
And uh, then there's a moment, as always happens, when two fingers reach for the toothpick dispenser and the, <laughs> the fingers touch. It's like when you're... Tom, I've been at a restaurant with you. It's when we both shove our hand in the mint jar that has all the mint, the after-dinner mm-hmm. mints, and our hands mm-hmm. touch. That's very much uh, what's happening here. I appreciate that after dinner, you could also get a uh, a toothpick. So the fact that you didn't choose the, the toothpicks, you chose dinner mints, was, was great. I appreciate that about you. <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. But I feel like, I mean, this toothpick holder is fantastic. I need to get me an ornate toothpick holder. It just, it seems like it really classes out the room. Tom, that's fine, but I'm going to tell you, uh, with your kid, he would bang on that thing and all the (laughs) toothpicks would fly out with whatever spring-loaded mechanism is happening there. That's the only reason why this house no longer has a toothpick holder, because it shot toothpicks into the ceiling. Had to get the drywall guy to come and patch it up. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> Vivian leaves because essentially the affair is started at this point, right? They're on mm-hmm. regionals, they're having an affair, and then she is it her line where she's like it literally t- or it's his line where it he's says, like it yeah. literally takes two to tango. <laughs> and oh, I wrote in here and podcast. That was a joke <laughs> I added to that line, Tom. But I wrote this outline so long ago that I forgot that I wrote a joke. So um, let me deliver that again. He says, it literally takes two to tango. Tom and podcast. <laughs> you nailed it. Someone Did I do the second it? Time around. Was it better the second time around? Jimmy, leave it all in. It's all gold. <laughs> or at least bronze. Maybe silver. I don't know. <laughs> There's This all leads to her cutting it off. And mm-hmm. I feel like the dancing in the rain is the... I don't know, climax, can I say that? Sure. (laughs) Of act one of a movie like this or act two, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, This was funny, but I was like, still, I didn't know what was happening here. I mean, when the saxes come in with Careless Whisper, so good, so, so good. And again, Careless Whisper is a wham song. And the lyrics of this were great because they just fit so well in the episode here. But it's, I'm never going to dance again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. I should have known better than to cheat a friend and waste the chance that I'd been given. So I'm never going to dance again the way I danced with you. So I feel like they almost wrote this episode with those wham lyrics in mind. I oof, I just thought it was a saxophone, Tom. I didn't know it was a song. <laughs> at all oh man this is such a classic i kind of feel like the person i watch this with typically brings these things up because they have a better uh we'll just say uh exposure to pop culture than i so i'm never gonna dance again guilty feet have got no rhythm is that is that helping do you know it now (laughs) so i'm never gonna dance again the way i dance with you I'm sorry, it's a Michael McDonald song? Who, who sings this? Is this a Yacht Rock song? What's going on here? I think I heard that in a Best Listen, Buy I once not. when I was looking at VA, I am uh, not VHSs. Oh, incredible. <laughs> Listen, I didn't know it, but I know it now. And quite frankly, <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> if that helps, You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. You've done, uh, thank you for your service, sir. Oh, incredible. <laughs> I wrote in the outline at this point is Grace his kid, which mm-hmm. I thought I was being super clever about, but then they make it a plot point in the episode, so I wasn't that 
I wasn't that clever, but what do you think? Let's talk about it now. Is is there a possibility or is it proven that it's not? I don't quite remember. She says it it's not possible, but I think there's still a question because that's why he needs the DNA swab at the wedding, right? Yeah, they've got a lot of back and forth towards the end. Vivian's kind of trying to say it's not true. I think Ulysses eventually thinks it is because Grace seems to be such a phenomenal dancer and a natural, which you can... <laughs> Beg that he got that or she got that from Vivian as well but yeah I mean I would I just like the mystery of it I don't know if I need to kind of know right now but I like that we're getting more of these characters backstory and potential like motives or whatever else that they're hiding things I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of these little nuggets the only thing we got was when Ulysses showed up Jang was like super mad or frustrated or whatever but we it would have been nice to, to sprinkle more of this this family story's mystery sure sure there's a big Macarena scene in this episode, and I think it's him with the kids, right? He's, like, dancing mm-hmm. with the kids to the Macarena. And it's good to see Macarena coming back, right? Is it, is it time for that to come back? I think so. I mean, <laughs> is there a more erotic dance than the Macarena? I just, just <laughs> the way I gestures. pronounce it, I know that it's a sensual thing. The Macarena. I have to mm. really try not to say macaroni. Whenever I say it, but all those hip movements at the end. I mean, and then the huh? Yeah, it's, it's what erotic. a what a song to take over our childhood. You know, just being in that gym with that linoleum flooring <laughs> and the AC pumping, and just a bunch of kids being taught the macarena. I mean, if there's not a class action lawsuit about <laughs> school teachers that forced us all to do that in what? fourth grade fifth grade i'm gonna you know what i'm jotting a note down i'm getting in touch with my lawyer i think there's enough trauma there that we could probably get some cash from the (laughs) flush public school system they've got all that money we're gonna take it from them because of the macarena and what it did to me man i didn't realize that scarred you as much i loved i loved the macarena i loved all the little songs you get in uh and tom Tom, that's the difference between you and I. At a young age, I hated fun. And at a young age, you loved fun. So some things were traumatic for me, but joyful for you. And that kind of explains the two of us in a nutshell, if I'm being honest. When did, us... you, when did you start liking fun? Has that happened yet? No, nope, no. Nope. And that's part of the lawsuit, Tom. I think I've, I've been stunted because of it. Oh, man. I... This is then where Ulysses is like, I need to leave. I need to go. Mm-hmm. I need to be oh, I love his line. His line is so great. He's like, where are you going to go? As far as I have to, until the memory of your face ceases to echo in my heart. Oscar. Oscar <laughs> winning performance from whatever it is that's happening in this episode. Thank you, Tom, for sharing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that piece of you with us as you quoted that line. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. The person that does not like that line is Fang, who's standing in the doorway. And I think it's a team binge staple that whenever you're confessing your forbidden love for someone, you got to check the room. You know, I know it's not very romantic, but not that hard to take 30 seconds to open doors, open closets, (laughs) open bathrooms. Yep. Flush toilets, open skylights, you know, look outside check cars you know put the dog outside because if they hear it they'll know and then put the browser in incognito mode yeah exactly exactly 
put the brazier in <laughs> incognito mode. Yes, I don't. I've never been able to unlatch them, but yes, very good. That's true. <sighs> so Fang then threatens to kill him the next time he sees him, which yeah, comes in hard. Is it much of a threat? I think I could take. I think I could take Fang. I think John Cho could take Fang if I'm being quite honest. Mm, I don't know, man. I feel like he's uh, he's kind of wily. Oh, you think he fights dirty? Yeah, probably dirty, and he's probably got that ice. He's gonna you know throw some syrup in your eyes, like sure. Bloodsport style, just okay. kind of like puts you off. Oh no no no! He takes the syrup, he puts it on his knuckles, and then he dips <laughs> his knuckles in the in the shaved ice, and then he cuts gummy you bears with and the sprinkles. Shaved... Yep. <laughs> Is that Simpsons? Is that from Simpsons? <laughs> no, that's from Hot Shots Part Okay, okay, so okay, okay. He puts he dips oh. his hands in the caramel, and then there's a big thing of all these different. And the crowd in the background is like gummy bears, gummy bears, sprinkles, sprinkles, and he comes up and he's got both in his hands. So good. Oh man, and that's a little bit of Tom and I's uh, Hot Shots Part Two podcast, a movie I've never seen. And Tom can quote word for word. So oh, man, we got to watch welcome. it together. That's like back, again, it's like we talked about the Naked Gun and those spoof movies. Like That's when those spoof movies were great. Listen, I'm, I'm all about revisiting old movies. Uh, we talk about them, and uh, I'm ready for them, especially if they involve gummy bears. I love gummy bears. Okay, okay. I'd like to eat one one yeah. day. The dance follows him. I wrote that in the outline, Tom. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> That's when he like becomes a world traveler and he's in Ireland and he sees her dancing as, you know, the uh, Irish chick or whatever. He goes to Kenya and he sees her like dancing in Kenya. So this is he just couldn't get away from dance. Got and it. Who her, can? The memory of her. Who can? You know? The it's memory tough. of Vivian and uh, getting away from dance. I mean, there's that movie about that kid named Billy who was such a really good dancer that follows you everywhere. I don't know. Billy Eilish, maybe? Was the kid that danced, right? Was that a movie? <laughs> she's that a, just a very uh, professional and talented singer. I don't know if she's uh, I bet she could known dance for her too. dance. Who knows? I'm sure she could. Yeah. But you know who could dance is this uh, lady in uh, Ulysses' bed here when he goes to Espana. Yeah, the one with the clacker. <laughs> she leaves while clacking. Such it's a like a horse touch. clack the way she does it, like Monty Python with the coconuts. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy, for putting that in in real time. What talent, man! You, I know you guys are on strike right now, Jimmy, but great work, real great work. Wait, why is he working if he's on strike? That doesn't make any sense. We don't. Pay. All right. What's he's that? not actually working. We don't oh, pay him, so he's not that's actually working. He's striking, but still. Uh, wonderful. Edgar arrives in a helo to gather mm-hmm. Funkel. And my favorite moment was, did you ever think you were Grace's father? He's like, because I put it together in like five seconds. Just the way he says <laughs> it was so great. Oh, yeah. He comes in hard. Well, and he has that line talking about like knowing that it's an affair. He's like, well, if there's something wrong with the family, it's either about an affair or money. So he kind of calls it out right away. Sure, sure. I would add politics in there. I mean, politics, <laughs> people will stop talking. Family members will stop talking to each other over politics. Um, and then also, you know, m- movies. That would be the other one that creates mm-hmm. a lot of strife. And then... The dollar amount of gifts for children. That's the other thing that will lead to a lot of uh, a lot of strife. And then the last one is forged checks. 
obviously. <laughs> obviously. We go to the present. Wait, hold up. Before yes, you go sir. to the present, can I know what, just for my own edification here, what is the dollar limit for kids' gifts? The dollar limit for kids' gifts, I think at this age. And in this economy. And in this, listen, I'm, I don't know, 30 bucks probably. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm going to get your kid a gift, it'll probably be around the $30 mark. Yeah, and my gift to your kid is a donation to the human fund. So (laughs) Thanks, George. (laughs) No problem, Jerry. All right, we're back at the present, and I wrote, this is heavy. Yeah, that's Danner's line when she's like, and they're both just freaking out about the revelation here that uh, Ulysses is dropping on him. But we do get some answer to some mysteries here, right? Where the secret that Edgar was talking to Vivian about is seemingly the affair that she had with Ulysses. So it kind of buttons that up. And then we kind of talked about in the very first episode, this map on the wall that had a bunch of pins on it. So we t- we said we were going to put a pin in it. We're getting back to it. The assumption here is all those pins were places that Edgar was maybe traveling to try to find Ulysses, potentially. Oh. And then the red one is where he ultimately found Ulysses because the Patagonia pen was red. Or pin, excuse me. Let me ask you this. Do we ever find Ulysses by that map during the course of the show? Is he ever studying that map? He does. I think before he starts his mind movie, he's kind of like walking around the room. He does that little bit where he like throws the dart at the dartboard from like a foot away, which I thought was was good. But he eventually walks like the globe and the map kind of in the background. So yeah, he makes mention. So is this like Kevin Spacey? I know he's uh, uh, persona non grata. I don't know if that's the right term right now in... Um, the one where he's oh, Kaiser Sose. Yeah, Kaiser Sose. Usual suspects. Do we think the? No, no, no. This is an unusual suspect. This is I'm talking Excuse about me. Funkel. Um, <laughs> do we think he walked over, looked at that map, and then he put the story together based on the pins in the map? Tom, Ooh, that did could be kind of fun. Skyler Ko- Koji us in this moment. No, the name is much more annoying than that. Sky Sky Skylery Skyler. Skyler Koji um, is what most of the kids are named these days. And Skyler is spelled with like four K's and three Y's. But hmm. go on. No, I, I like the idea. Like maybe he pulled a verbal Kent and he was being all tricky and looking at the clues in the room. Like there was something to say about this episode where there wasn't a lot of like the flower clues, elimination clues that we've kind of talked about in our spoiler section. I feel like there wasn't like a clean part in this episode where it lingered on screen at a puzzle or a calendar or something weird for us to kind of figure out. So yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Tom, does it feel like I got smarter this episode? Cause I'm pointing out all these angles. You, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Very yeah. proud of you. All enough on you. None of them will uh, come to anything, but you gotta just say enough of them, man. And then eventually some will come true and you point those out to people and you don't worry about the other ones. And then we have, we go through and we edit this so that after the <laughs> finale's out, we just look right. And then when someone stumbles across this, when they are walking across apocalyptic uh, America, <laughs> and this is the only podcast on, I'm assuming an MP3 player. Is that what you listen to podcasts on? Uh, yeah, and they listen to Zoom. this. They'll know that we were right. And they'll also find, I guess, a DVD set of season two of the after party, which I'm sure <laughs> exists probably. Yeah. In a case. Well, I like, yeah, these these one hour podcasts we've been recording, we're going to do so much editing, they'll be about 15 minutes. Yes, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Thank you for reminding me that we're going too long, Tom. That was a (laughs) subtle hint. I love it. 
Speaking of subtle hints and loving things, Hannah and Zoe have a conversation and the videographer is brought up who you mm-hmm. were hot on this guy's different color shirts from the very beginning. <laughs> His name is not Kyle Tom. It's something more annoying than that. It's not Kyrie. Kyler. Kyler. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And this is when Travis's dumb idiot face stumbles into the scene. (laughs) And I was like, man, I wish he fell down and there was a second death. But... Oh, wow. Not a big fan of this guy, huh? I don't like him, Tom. I don't like him. I feel like any, like overweight actor that's kind of stumbling around like this i'm just the era that i grew up in i just always compare the somebody like that to a chris farley type and it's just so hard to to compare because chris farley is a one in one in a million right i mean chris farley brings us such such classic bits that i mean he's fallen don't, into the don't, table don't do your you bit know? don't do your wagons or tom have you ever seen the movie no. almost heroes <laughs> this spot is an hour and a half long there. already <laughs> so there's a scene in Almost Heroes where they're like explorers and Chris Farley's playing like a outdoorsman guide and he picks up a piece of like, I'm buffalo. I'm never gonna live again the way I dance with you. Oh man, I can't believe you didn't let me get through it. All right, so <laughs> go back and listen to our other podcast. Every other podcast has that story, so you'll probably you'll probably hear it. Uh, I don't even talk about it anymore. Jimmy just cuts it in when I ask him to. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're back in the mind movie, and we are at a wedding. Yeah, this is where ultimately Ulysses is kind of making the decision: not, should he come back to the wedding? And he decides to. And when he he's ultimately sitting on a rock, and this horse just kind of rocks right up to him. Uh, so it's good to see. I'm assuming this is Shadowfax from Lord of the Rings. So it's good yes. to see him getting work. Uh, But yeah, hops on this horse and makes his grand entrance. Yes. It's sad that the Lord of Horses, Lord of all Mm -hmm. horses, has got to stoop this low (laughs) to get work on the second season of the after party. But such is the way of the Lord of Horses. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways, that's what happened to War Horse, you know, that that Spielberg uh, horse (laughs) that they put down in the movie. Anyways, we cut to... It's called Kumis, Tom, and it's all over Vivian. Yes, so we're seeing it now from Ulysses' perspective here. And then, again, I like how he's cleaning it up. He's like, you have some in your hair, saying it all like beautiful and poetic, but it's still very gross. And that's where they get Vivian saying, meet me by the weeping willow at midnight. So they're going to have a rendezvous. Nice, nice. And I think this is also the moment where he paints Anique in a much like I don't yeah. know, nicer picture, we'll say, where mm-hmm. it's more eloquent and Anique even recognizes it. And so maybe that's a little bit of what we're seeing here, that, you know, Funkel is going to put a poetic spin on everything. So there are some mm-hmm. embellishments here because even Anique is like, thank you, but I did not sound like that when I, I guess, shot Kumis all over. <laughs> yeah. So then they ultimately have the confrontation here by the weeping willow. And I like how the willows like in the background, this like beautiful pink tree and there's like the leaves kind of floating in the skies or having the talk. So it's very uh, dramatic. But Vivian ultimately kind of tells uh, Ulysses here that Grace is not his kid, which again, we don't know what to make of this. Is she just kind of saying this to try to move on from this chapter or does she know more? She said she got a test, but again, we don't know. And then ultimately, Jang, I think, shows up and then kind of, again, confronts. And they talk about, 
you know, Jang is not going to let Edgar ruin the family because um, I think they know that Edgar knows the secret. So this gives Jang a little bit of of motive to potentially be the murderer. But I feel like it was just so heavy handed here. Well, I'm like, OK, well, it can't be Jang. Sure, because there's a moment in the end of it where Jang has like a dish or he has something. And he's like, oh, this is only for Edgar. Yeah, like a strawberry and- bing. <laughs> yes, <the> strawberry <laughs> bing. Sure. How did I not? How did that not come to mind? I should have remembered that it was a strawberry bing, obviously. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the show's doing here because I feel like a lot of the characters that you think it's got to be, they've pushed us towards them so hard that they can't be. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. But mm-hmm. I guess if they do it with everyone, then no one's innocent. There's a naked butt that happens in here. It's pretty funny. Oh, man. That was a good callback where we knew this happened in this scene, but just, like, it was after a dramatic line, I think, that Jang says about, like, Edgar not ruining the family, and then you just hear, like, the pitter-patter of naked guy running across the, the grass. It was so funny. So, mm, how many times do you think Sebastian had to shoot this scene? Do you think they were <laughs> like, hey, we need it again for this version of the show? Did, did Sebastian run naked, I don't know, ten times because there's ten episodes? I'm not sure if we see a close-up of his face. This could be a stunt butt. Uh, Stunt butt. Tom. Is your nickname in college? (laughs) Middle school, actually. Excuse me. Uh, Yeah, it's not something I (laughs) like. You didn't grow into your butt until later, so yeah, (laughs) Yeah. people called you stunt butt. Uh, Thanks for bringing up that horrific past. (laughs) Wonderful. All right. So before we move on, because I think he then gets to like the reception and they have like the dance and everything. We t- are you brought this up, which I think was a very astute point when before at some point before the wedding, we had Ulysses like in the shower um, of Anik's, I don't know, room or whatever. And you had kind of thought maybe there's somebody else in that shower or, or he's kind of up to something the way he was kind of stalling and singing and everything else. Right. And he goes to get him and he takes a very long time in the shower in. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I remember this. Do you, is your assumption like maybe he is, you know, hooking up with Vivian here? Is he planning something more nefarious? I feel like that was kind of the the thing I got because we don't really have much of this time frame. I had forgotten about that until this very moment, Tom. So I do not have any type of, I mean, the obvious would be that Vivian was in there with him and he was trying to hide that. So yes, that, that very well could be, uh, that would be my, that would be my guess in that moment. The other option is that he's in the shower cooking up some sort of poison Mm. made of goat's milk. That's where I make my poisons. (laughs) I, what does that mean? I don't even, let's not explore that. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> let's not explore that. Um, this is then the dance, right? Mm-hmm. So Edgar bounces uh, and Grace needs her Funkle. And he talks about her being a natural dancer. And they looked like they were having a lovely time. In the other memories, is this dance with the uncle a beautiful thing? Or is this just his version? Do you remember? There's an episode of Malcolm in the Middle where the mom takes dance lessons. And in her mind, it's like a beautiful thing. (laughs) And then eventually she sees a video of her. And she's just a disaster. (laughs) Like She thinks the dance instructor is her partner because he thinks she's so graceful. But really, he's just trying to save the other students (laughs) from her dancing. So is that what's happening here? Or was it truly a beautiful dance, Tom? 
I think that's probably a little column A, little column B. I don't know if it was as beautiful as they kind of made this out to be because they had like choreographed dance steps and spins and everything. It was a lot of fun. But I don't think in the other mind movies we've seen, he was just kind of there to be there for her. I don't think it was some crazy fancy dance. That's fair. Tom, the greatest line that's ever been delivered in any show ever that I have pocketed and will use it at any party I throw, <laughs> any children's birthday party, and I'm going to change the time, the time can be changeable, <laughs> is Edgar standing up and saying, it's 10 p.m., that special hour when guests become trespassers. <laughs> I lost my mind. I wrote it down. I'm going to have it engraved somewhere in this house. There is a point where people have been at your house for so long, and you're just like, why are they still here? My wife will tell a story. There was recently a birthday party where someone's <laughs> like, oh, I bet you're enjoying this. And I looked at them and I said, I can't believe you all are still here. And she gets mad at me because she likes having friends. But <laughs> this line from Edgar, I loved. I loved it so, so much, Tom. You think you have the, the cojones to say this to a crowded room? Tom, I do. Once again, I looked at that person and we weren't alone. I said, I can't believe you're still here. And I had met that person maybe one other time. So good for you. Um, I'm not going to speak to my cojones. Uh, I'm, I'm a huevos guy. I love eggs. But okay. uh, yes, I love this line so much and its delivery. We then dive into him getting the glass in order to do a DNA swab. And uh, the second greatest line ever muttered on television is Sebastian saying, it's time to get squiffy, which, <laughs> Tom, you can have that one. I'm going to take Edgar's. You can have Sebastian's. Okay. And this is then the moment where Jang does some weird stuff with the strawberry bing. What, what, mm -hmm. what flavor was it? Yeah, I know. You're, you're a cherry bing guy. This was a strawberry. It sure. Was, it's, it was so weird and out of place because I felt like this was like a very big, ornate cake dish, whatever that he was going. And we never saw this in any other mind movie, like not in the background, not anywhere. Like in other mind movies, I think we just see him seemingly playing Scrabble right on like that bar area with sure. uh, Grace. So I don't know where he got this. I don't know what this is going to be, but certainly is drawing suspicion to Jang. And again, maybe clock. I'm like, okay, well, really definitely isn't Jang at this point. Sure. So is this the uncle trying to throw Jang under the bus because he loves Vivian and he's trying to get him out of the way? So does this speak to, like, was there anything in this episode that tore you away from Funkel being the, uh, the suspect, the murderer? Well, outside of all the things you said about him embellishing the stories, I mean, I don't know if that's enough for him or enough motive for him to want to see Edgar Love's dead. not enough, Tom. Love's <laughs> not enough. Love's the only thing, I'm told. And love means never having to say you're sorry. So if you murder someone out of love, guess what? You don't have to tell the person you murdered you're sorry. That's what but love what, is. But what is it? Is it him doing this for Vivian? Like Vivian's like, hey, we need this guy out of the picture. We can't let him say this. Like I don't, I still don't understand why he would want Edgar out of the picture. Well, that's why you don't watch Agatha Christie on PBS, and I do, Tom. Let me okay. paint the picture for you. Please. He needs Jang out of the picture. I almost said Senior Chang, but I didn't. I caught myself. He says he needs Jang out of the picture because he loves Vivian. The best way to get Jang out of the picture is to have Jang committing uh, a murder. Well, not committing a murder, but essentially being 
accused and convicted of a murder so that he goes to a jail for a really long time. Vivian, of course, visits him sadly for a couple of months, but then she's (laughs) free to be with Funkle, and also they need some money, and that money is going to go to Grace, and Grace, who never really liked her dad in the first place because she's allergic to ice, um, (laughs) is in on it as well. So uh, thank you very much. That is my theory. That's that's a theory. Um, yeah, I don't. Sounds I don't know like if I you follow. agree with me. <laughs> Sounds like you're one hundred percent on board. So I guess we can lock that in as both Tom and I's prediction. Okay. Uh, speaking of locking stuff in, talk to me about Skyler. This is gonna. Are we gonna get a Skyler episode? Is that the, your it's thought? Skyler. Skyler. Don't don't what don't dismiss him. You said Skyler. This oh, is Skyler. Well, Skyler's the plural of Skyler. So. <laughs> Uh, listen, yeah, you don't have get... to tell me about Kyler's. I watch him throw interceptions and make bad decisions every Sunday, and I'm going to be doing it for the next four years. <laughs> Give us Kirk Cousins, Barrett. I wrote you an email. Uh, but yeah, we get a quick cut of Zoe kind of coming in. Well, I guess Zoe and Travis work together to find Kyler's uh, Instagram page that kind of shows that he has the video of all the wedding. I like Danner's line calling him a scrawny Scorsese, so that's pretty good. So I, I'm excited for this one. Like the whole idea of like a found footage uh, mind movie could be a lot of fun and oh. getting all these different like views of these scenes we've seen from like a camera. Like there's nothing that can lie in the way this is going to be told to us, right? This is going to be the actual events. So nice. excited for it. Nice. It was funny. I don't know a lot about I, I Instagram, but uh, all of the videos seem to be like start with pictures of his face. Like he yes. turned the camera <laughs> on his own face before uh-huh. he started filming. So, yeah, Tom, as we exit the episode seven discussion and enter your corner, Tom's spoiler corner, let's talk about just predictions. I feel like I've talked myself into Funkle the the more we've talked about this episode. So I'm not opposed to Vivian and Funkle being in on it together, if I'm being completely honest. Okay, I appreciate that. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I was been kind of jang trained, but as much as they pushed it and so heavy handed, I'm kind of like maybe it's not. I mean, I will. My my wife had uh, proposed maybe it still is Hannah. I like that idea too. I think she's just kind of mysterious and obviously has a relationship with Grace. Um, so I don't know yet. And again, I don't know if we've gotten enough to know exactly, which is why the show continues to be a lot of fun. Sure, sure, sure. And for sure. those of you too that don't normally join the spoiler corner, we'll just kind of say in general, the spoiler corner it's it's about the puzzles and everything. And there's like elimination puzzles. There's these flower puzzles where you can go on the website and put in these codes. It's a lot of fun. But we haven't gotten much from these specific puzzles to clue us into like where we're um, pointing to a killer. Like it's very generic, kind of not the you know, whatever kind of deal. So if you're kind of interested, um, you know, again, join us for that. They're a lot of fun to to kind of chat through and they're not incredibly spoilery. I've participated in five of Tom's spoiler corners going on six and I still don't know who's done it and who hasn't. So yeah. that'll let you know how much is being spoiled. But if you <laughs> are going to leave us before you leave us, you can reach out to us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from people. If you've got pictures of yourself catching fish, you know, send them on over. If you have <laughs> things that you're offended by, you can send those to us as well. 
We won't read them. You can rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. Please only nice stuff. And Tom, we have (laughs) t-shirts somewhere, which I think you and I wear. You cut the sleeves off of yours. And due to a medical condition, I cut out the nipple area on mine. (laughs) But people can see that. Obviously, we record this on YouTube. So they have already discovered my shirt collection. What did I miss? For yeah, for the merchandise, we got shirts and all sorts of random stuff on T Public. So just go to T Public and search Team Binge. Uh, find us on social media: Twitter, Instagram at Team Binge or Team Binge Podcast. So follow us on there. And uh, again, if you want to, we're gonna jump over to the spoiler corner. All right. Spoiler quarter time. You ready, Julian? I'm ready. I, I'm, I mean, I was terrified by whatever voice you just did to introduce it, <laughs> but I'm hoping I don't get murdered in this corner that has no doors, no windows, <laughs> and is made of unpainted concrete. Please proceed, <laughs> sir. Uh, okay, so we have Danner's Fire, episode six. Again, it was fire, got, man. It was fire. Very fun episode. Um, I think we had called out both of these in that pod where these clues came from. So the first one, the elimination clue, came from the food fight thing, sexy time they had with the uh, yep, food by the refrigerator. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> um, but when um, he's lying down on his stomach, he has all these different like circular foods or kind of like small foods on his chest. So there's like marshmallows, pickles cheese puffs i can't remember what else was on there but if you look at it they're in a very here all of a sudden (laughs) goodness they're in a very specific pattern and if you pause it and and try to read it this was one that i actually am kind of proud of myself i caught and didn't have to use the reddit thread to find it because this is braille so it's it's spelling braille on his chest uh not by a team so I think that's a pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so not Funkle and Vivian. So uh, what you just sh- said, yeah. Should have read Tom Spoiler Corner. All right. Well, but that's what's kind of fun about or, uh, this one. I feel like is maybe one of the bigger clues about it. You, probably being an individual person that did this murder and not a team, because we also had you know not only what you just said about Vivian and uh, who'd you say Vivian and Vivian and Funkle. And Funkle, excuse me. Um, but I think that also potentially pulls out maybe Isabel and Sebastian because we kind of known that they've been kind of whispering and doing something in the background. Okay, yeah. So if they're kind of considered a team, maybe it's not not one of them either. But so going back to the other clues we had from episode one, not the snorer, we still think that might be Travis, but we haven't really got that confirmed. I know you said last pod you were going to go back and rewatch that episode. Did you do that? I got a lot on my plate, Tom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the next one got was a lot not... on my plate, Liz Lemon. <laughs> the next one was not the skater. This one, I think we might have actually gotten answered. If you look at the Instagram handle for Kyler, I think it says Kyler the skater. So Ooh, this might be Kyler. That's, he that's could a be... strong indication that he's a skater. I would, I would certainly, <laughs> I would say there. I think a... it's spelled weird though. It's spelled like Does it skater. Like Avril Lavigne <laughs> no, spells it's, it. It's like E eight. I, I think it's a it's like a play on something the creator. I don't I don't know. But I, I think the assumption is yeah, this is pointing us to not being Kyler. 
Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, the other I knew clue it was not-, not Kyler when we signed him to that contract, Tom. I'm going <laughs> to tell you that right now. Um, we had not by suicide, which again, still a weird clue because it was misspelled. There's been a lot of theory crafting through Reddit about various clues or things on screen that have been misspelled. And for a show that is like very much into the production clues, it's odd that these specific ones have misspellings. So it's potential you take these misspelled words throughout maybe the entire series and put them together to do something. That's what's been theorized so far. Because again, not by suicide was spelled not instead of by it was ey suicide so goofy uh we had not colonel and then not by camel's milk so that's our six clues thus far julian anything else on the elimination stuff no no i mean when it says not by camel's milk does that like does that rule out funkel or does that just say that's not the mode of the poison like that's not the delivery vehicle (laughs) i think it's just a delivery vehicle right because he also made mention of putting that camel's milk in the pancakes or whatever right the dutch babies so it's not via dutch baby seemingly as, as well okay okay i got it i got it so then from the elimination we jump to the fun flower clues this one was from the flags at the bar which we kind of notated when they're at the karaoke bar these are like nautical flags so the nautical flags each one of them symbolize there's 26 of them each symbolizing a letter what's tricky about this one is when they first show these flags it's from i think paul Shear's perspective of like looking at the bar they actually are in reverse order. There's one very quick shot where it shows the flags from like the bartender's perspective, and that's the actual order of the flower, uh, and it, which spells out marigold. So seven letters, huh. marigold. And when you put the clue in the website, you have to say where you found it, and then you say bar. So marigold, bar, that unlocks Danner's puzzle, which was called networking. This one I am... I don't know if I'm proud to admit this, but I gave this one a shot and this was a doozy. It had like a 256 square grid that you had to like solve these kind of clues where it was like different crossword style like uh, questions or puzzles. And then when you answer them all in one direction, there's like another set of clues below that's the same puzzle, but the letters are in the uh, opposite direction. I don't know. That probably doesn't make any sense. It was a fun puzzle to do, but it was crazy intense. And if you want to give it a try, again, throw Marigold and Bar into the website and you can give it a shot. Huh. But all of this ultimately ends with giving us another clue. And it was Cyber Bully was the 10 word clue we get from this. So we have Cyber Bully, Hoverboard, New England, Unscramble, Drop Bucket, Eco Warrior. Those are our six flower related clues some people on the internet have been doing their sleuthing and i am taking credit for it all these words seem to have some sort of animal in them so cyber bully you've got bull uh we have hoverboard there's boar new england you have you which i think is like a female sheep or something Uh, unscramble ram drop bucket buck and eco warrior cow so again no idea what to make of any of that stuff now but it is interesting that you can extract that from all these these clues thus far huh very interesting very very interesting tom i like the animals inside the words because animals are something that i know about so that's uh (laughs) that's very interesting 
it's just wild. Like these clues and, and some of these things, I think even from this Ulysses episode, I haven't gotten them quite yet, um, but it's just the amount of production and work and stuff that goes into this. Most of these like PDF flower type puzzles are very much like crossword style or related where it's just like small little clues and you kind of have to put them together. But I, I have no idea where this is taking us, where we're going with it. I think even Chris Miller has uh, said in interviews that, you know, the Redditors are finding stuff, but there's loads of stuff in all these episodes that folks are missing. So, huh. okay. a lot of fun. Interesting. Yeah, I appreciate the time you've put into it. I'm sorry that I can't provide more knowledge about who the snorer is, who the skater is, not by suicide. <laughs> I do think the snorer is Travis, though. So... Your service, uh, I, I want you to be uh, commended on what you've done here in your corner. So thank you for Did the... you give me like anything, like a medal or a $30 gift or anything? I said thank you, Tom. Back in my day, a thank <laughs> you was enough. And so Not by all economy. means. <laughs> all right, I'll send you some goat's milk um, or some sort of fermented... Uh, cow's milk, or a boar milk, or an ooh milk, or a ram milk, or a buck milk. Ooh, buck milk, that's going to be tough. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on. Let's, let's move on uh, from the City Slickers reference. But, Tom, good work. Thank you all of you for joining us. The only thing I would like to finish by saying is, so Chris Farley picks up the cow patty, and he's like... <sighs> He's like, oh, I think the herd is over there. And Matthew Perry is like, oh, you can tell that by sniffing the... And he's like, no, 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 I see the herd. And the joke being, he doesn't actually need to touch the cow patty because he can see the herd. It's very funny. You know what's better is every time you do this, you explain it very detailed. And it gets funnier and funnier the more you explain the joke. Yeah, no, most jokes need explanations. (laughs) That's what makes them funny, Tom. Thank you for explaining that to me. All right. So uh, I don't have anything else to say. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I've been Julian. And I have been Gumshoe Tom. Good night.